We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. This is a special, 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 special edition, Sean, of the podcast. It is a main event draft over at the FFPC. $2,000 to jump into this contest. We didn't get the luck of the draw, I guess we'll say. We'll see how the draft plays out, though. Maybe it is the luck of the draw. We get the 107 spot. By ADP, usually those first kind of five, six guys we really like. So it'll be interesting to see if we get squeezed into a little bit of a decision here at that seven slot. Sean, how are you feeling as we get ready to, to jump into things? The draft, I'm going to pull up the board here now. It starts off Christian McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Jonathan Taylor. So we pull up the board. But how are you feeling about the 107 slot? And we were just touching on it briefly before we started. If we get caught out, we may have a, an interesting selection here for ourselves. Yeah, I think in the big picture, the 107 being there in the middle is going to be great. It gives us a lot of flexibility. It gives us a chance to grab values as they drop. In the first couple of rounds, it may not be ideal, right? You're likely to miss on Jamar Chase. He goes one pick right ahead of us. And now we have a lot of guys with similar values the problem with the 107 is that if you also pass on tight end you could end up without an elite tight end in this format which is so elite tight end heavy all three of those tight ends are likely to go before our next pick Colin, if we're looking at tight end and definitely make a case for a running back if you have a preference or Diggs or Devonte adams i do have kyle pitts ranked number one i have a lot of him but, I mean, this is the main event. We want to go with our board. We want to go with the best guys. Yeah, so I'm open to the Kyle Pitts pick. Obviously, by ADP, it would be Kelsey. You know, so I'm, I'm on board, though, if we want to go Pitts and really spice this thing up a bit. Put our, we, we say we put our money where our mouth is, Sean. Maybe it's time to, to really put $2,000 where our Kyle Pitts conversations have led us over the last, uh, the last couple of months. So we do go Kyle Pitts at the 107. By ADP, obviously, Travis Kelsey usually would go in that slot. I would expect Travis Kelsey to go off the board in the next couple of picks. You mentioned he actually goes off the board in the next selection. You mentioned, though, by ADP, you know, how things could potentially play out over the course of the rest of this kind of next seven or eight picks. But usually in that scenario, Kyle Pitts may squeeze back to us, but you could get priced out off tight end. If we didn't go Kyle Pitts there, would you who who would have been the next player in line? I'm probably leaning Stefan Diggs. 
you know, we also have like, you know, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry would be potential options, but I would probably lean Diggs there if we didn't go with the tight end. So I'm kind of thinking we go tight end there. And then the options that we may have actually considered taking at wide receiver may still be there for us in the next round. That may not work out, but we can we can dream. Who would have been your selection if we didn't go Kyle Pitts? That's really the tricky part. And yesterday got the 28 priority picks article up. That's one that people had liked from the last couple of years, sort of working through uh, basically the entire draft, but definitely those first 13, 14 rounds. And looking at priority picks, draftable guys, guys we're going to draft when they fall. We've been running really hot with that for the last several years. I have tried to point out that with the aggressiveness that we take, that's not going to be the case every year, but it's going to give us a lot of super teams. Colin, I've been doing this for about 14 years in high stakes pretty seriously. I would say about 10 of those seasons, the picks have been very, very good. About four of the years, the teams finish more middle of the pack. And we talk about, I mean, you can make compromise selections in every year, but then you're just going to finish middle of the pack anyway, most of the time. So from that perspective, then the one area in the draft that is tough is the back end of the first round. I don't think that you have any priority picks there. You've got a lot of guys that you like sort of when they fall, right? Saquon Barkley, the perfect player when he falls a little bit. DeAndre Swift, you're trying to get a good price on him. I really like CeeDee Lamb and Devontae Adams as wide receiver options to play the turn, but they're not slam dunks like we've had in so many years at the wide receiver position in that range. I think I would have gone Barkley if not for Pitts. I also do have a lot of Barkley. Most of it is more at the turn than at the 107. Who would you have gone with? I I think I would have went with Diggs there. You mentioned Lamb as well. Usually if I'm at the back end of that first round, maybe 11, 12, I am usually leaning into Lamb then as the next option after Diggs. You mentioned though Barkley. Barkley goes at the 11 here. Swift goes at the 12. So since our selection, it has gone all running backs bar travis kelsey at the next pick so it is looking okay for us i I would have had an interesting conversation if barkley or swift get back to us they obviously aren't going to Diggs goes then but there is a chance here that the players who i would have potentially leaned to and cd lamb or you mentioned Devontae adams i think if one of them get back to us here would be a an ideal situation mark andrews goes off the board as well so unless we get wide receiver wide receiver and it's both cd lamb and Devontae adams here we would have options at those that was my hope when we take pets at the point we did. Is that is that what your hope is? And it is. I mean, I do ex- I do expect Devonta Adams and CD Land to be the next two picks. So I think we have to be prepared to take either Alvin Kamara or Javante Williams, Debo Samuel, Tyreek Hill. Those would really be the four guys that we're looking at in the next wave. Joe Mixon, obviously not <laughs> someone we're we're looking at there. Do you have a preference of that next quartet? cd lamb if he can last one more pick here is the is the preference after that i think i'm Devonte adams at that particular point obviously my love for t higgins is well known and my fist goes into the air sean that is because tyreek hill goes off the board i i have cd lamb here quite not quite a bit but in a gap ahead of debo samuel so he would be my selection here is that is that where you're going it is i selected him at the 111 in the apex experts draft i think the combination of upside potential volume solid quarterback play at at times it's appeared that the dallas cowboys receivers have perhaps been elevated above 
what really is justified by how Dak Prescott has played. And yet he's definitely in that echelon of signal callers where you're going to give him a little bit of a boost because of the overall scoring environment for the offense as a whole and for the potential efficiency that the individual receivers could get. If you're going to play a volume situation, I think you want to play it on an ascending type player with Lamb where the upside is really significant as opposed to kind of being a you know just beat ADP type of move. It's also a situation there where from a build perspective, I do like that zero RB as Ben and I discussed in yesterday's ceiling bananas has become much easier to play in the last several weeks. The running back situations have crystallized in a way that make a lot of the late round picks at that position very tantalizing. And you just don't want to get caught out by (laughs) the wide receiver avalanche that we are going to see as we get a little bit deeper into this draft. This format is very receiver heavy. I think that we're going to see the overall $1 million team come from obviously a draft that's very wide receiver heavy, but the potential for that to be a zero RB team this year. And again, you don't have that many pure zero RB teams. So in terms of number of total representatives in the field, you're looking at a smaller number. I think it sets up really nicely for that type of tournament winning team in 2022. Yeah. And don't lie, Sean, you think that the winning team is coming from the number seven slot in this draft. I think that's clear at this point. Um, I'm really pleased with how those first two picks have went. I would have been between Diggs and Lamb that I that I mentioned if we went there. You made the point that you didn't think that Pitts gets back to us. In that meantime, none of the three top tight ends would have got back by the way we have drafted on this board. So it has worked out really well to get Pitts and Lamb by ADP. I, it's probably going to be flipped for me that we take Lamb in the first round, Pitts in the second round. But to play out the way that it has is is nice to start things off it is going to give us a lot of flexibility now from those middle spots i didn't really have a huge amount of optimism that lamb would get back tyree kill as i mentioned with that one spot ahead of us since that though it's joe mixon alvin kamara josh allen goes to the spot out of the number four who took cooper cup which is interesting you hope that you see some selections like that throughout the draft so as things have kicked off there is three teams that have kicked off with a running back, running back start. You mentioned the wide receiver avalanche. It would be nice to see some more running backs go off the board between here and our next pick. AJ Brown goes off the board. Michael Pittman, who continues to rise, goes at the 211. Brown at the 212. I, I really like where we're here, though, Sean. If we can get a, an, a wide receiver in the range that we're hoping to, like some of the guys that are available, which not all of these guys are going to come back to us, but Debo Samuel, T. Higgins, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams are all kind of options. Mike Evans is kind of not really on the board at current ADP for us uh, in these drafts. And I think that there's going to be some options for us here. We are four picks away. Leonard Fournette goes off the board. Travis Etienne, Aaron Jones. This is starting to, Nick Chubb, Sean, this is starting to to get tantalizing here at this point. (laughs) Yeah, it looks really good. I mean, we've got a shot at Debo Samuel making it to the 307, in addition to concerns about how that offense is going to play out overall. We also have some issues potentially with his health as the season embarks. That you know, combination of factors there makes him a dropper, and there are lots of other good options. You can see why drafters would go in a different direction. You mentioned a lot of the players here. He does go one spot right ahead of us. 
So now we're looking at T. Higgins, DJ Moore, perhaps Cortland Sutton. I would probably have us lean to Mike Williams with sort of two similar players there. We already know that that Chargers offense is going to be a juggernaut. Also the chance to take Gabe Davis early. He does play in that original Thursday night game. And, you know, maybe a, a first round pick in those Friday and Saturday drafts after that game. So many Saturday seconds on the clock. I'm going to jump in. The, the talk on Twitter this week has been filibustering, Sean, and I'm going to have to jump in before we get to that point. There's 23 seconds left. For me, T. Higgins would be the, the pick I would make. You mentioned DJ Moore would be another option. I, I would have them as my top two here. I would also play the ADP game and see if those other guys get back. Um, how do you feel about T. Higgins? I know you like him, but do you like those other guys more? I'm just thinking by ADP, I think there's a chance with how this draft has potentially started that we could potentially see somebody like a Mike Evans or a DJ Moore maybe sneak back through to, as you mentioned, Gabe Davis. He really feels like a, a prime target for us here if things work out for us and it comes back to us in the fourth round. Yeah, just looking at main event ADP over the last three or four days, Davis is at the 3-4 turn. I don't think that he will come back. We do get a couple of picks discount on T. Higgins. We like to be able to put him there with a team that has cd lamb that probably will be a little bit unusual dj moore mike williams i mean those guys perhaps have the upside of a little bit more volume I and mean, dj moore could completely and totally take over that carolina passing attack and yet if anything were to happen to jamar chase and we do have him on a lot of teams then t higgins i think becomes really a, a borderline first round pick he has that much upside this offense is going to be that good one of the things i've been a little bit surprised by this season and i know that there are some late year concerns about strength of schedule and weather but joe burrow with those two guys probably a little bit discounted in fantasy you look at where he's going in relationship to justin herbert and patrick mahomes you look at how close on his heels we have players like tom brady and russell wilson dak prescott he looks like a value he looks like someone we could take in this particular draft you mentioned that some of those players were fall one of the reasons why i, I do want to take our favorite target in round three is i think round four is absolutely loaded and in fact round five in the first half of round five is loaded enough that we have so many options we don't necessarily need a faller in fact in some drafts you might even reach for a fourth round adp player in the middle of the third it's strong enough and in some cases i think actually better than the guys going in round three but t higgins one of our favorites here this has been a really fun start yeah it's been awesome uh debo samuel i know you've had some concerns around you know how you may be using the offense the contract situation now the kind of little lingering injury there would have been a lot of concerns there but i, I do think if he had fallen to us it would have been an interesting spot but cd lamb if he hadn't gone i would have probably went with debo or t higgins at that point so then to get higgins back to us in the third i think is is obviously very very strong mike williams did go a pick after that since that then Cortland sutton is gone dj moore is gone so we have lost a few of those guys I'm always trying to read between the lines, Sean. There's a few of these guys that I feel like I am overly high and optimistic on that you're maybe just not as high. Higgins maybe one of those guys you mentioned. If, if, I, if it was a, a solo Sean Siegel draft there, do you go Mike Williams over T. Higgins? No, I don't think so. I think it's got to be Higgins. I've taken him as early as the 
203, 204 in order to pair him with Stefan Diggs and get that week 17 game in tournaments where that's even a little bit bigger factor. Obviously, in this particular format, we're looking at weeks 15 through 17 together. We want that long stretch of dominance. So it's not as important to think in terms of specifically the week 17 game. But again, uh, I mean, Gabe Davis has the upside to do it in multiple weeks during that stretch. He hasn't gone off the board yet. Colin, one of our targets, Jalen Waddle, mm. does go. He's someone where a lot of his fall has seemed to be related to the inability to practice. And then you put that next to the fact that Tyreek Hill has really impressed in Dolphins camp. You can see why their ADPs have continued to pull apart. I think that, that makes sense, but I still would have Waddle as a strong target if he had made it to us. Yeah, Waddle there would have been my preferred target, and then Davis. Uh, you've mentioned Davis. We have two picks to go, so we're really on the edge here if we go for Davis. The other player in our queue then is Deontay Johnson. I've added Amon Ross St. Brown as well. Yeah, I would be happy as well with uh, Johnson. I think I have Davis and Johnson in a, a tier. And as I say, that Terry McLaurin goes. So there's one selection. If we get both options, is, is Davis the clear target for you here? Not necessarily the clear target. I mean, you're talking about Deontay Johnson, someone who when we featured in a bunch of articles as maybe the most undervalued receiver in all of football. And I think that becomes increasingly the case now that Kenny Pickett has looked like the real deal. Now, there's a difference between looking like the real deal against some backups in preseason games when everyone's playing vanilla compared to looking like the real deal when the season starts. But when you have a guy who played extremely well last year in college, is picked in the first round, does a great job in the preseason, has all of these weapons, Johnson's quarterback play could significantly improve in 2022. Mentioned that. Ben Roethlisberger toward the bottom in air conversion, despite also being toward the bottom in target depth over the last couple of years. His fantasy points over expectation last season, tragically bad. Deontay Johnson looks like a great pick here in the middle of the fourth round. Yeah, and we did we did miss out on Gabe Davis just by one selection before that. I have them guys both very, very close. And um, yeah, I just wanted to get one of them. Uh, I was nervous there for a little bit before that Terry McLaurin pick that we were going to miss out on them, them all. It does, Sean, look like a draft of two different styles from that midpoint of the first round in terms of selection. So one through five, we see teams with a lot more running backs through those rosters. But then from our pick onwards at seven, the team after us has an identical structure so far they have kelsey hill mike williams and gabe davis then we have the team after that dalvin cook Devontae adams keenan allen terry mclaurin then we have a little bit of a different at 10 but team 11 as well as a hero rb build with saquon barkley stefan diggs Cortland sutton allen robinson so the teams after us sean you know i was hoping we would see a few running backs in there we really seen just the one running back and one tight end we we seen a wide receiver really hammered from our pick all the way through to come back to us and then we see Another two selections after that are Marquise Brown and Amon Ress St. Brown. So between the 305 and then we see 14 wide receivers go to just two other positions. So there was a bit of a wide receiver avalanche there, but thankfully we've been able to survive it. You mentioned some of the targets in the following round. We are going to be into the, the Jerry Judy sweepstakes, DK Metcalf sweepstakes. They're kind of my two preferred options in here. Chris Godwin goes in this range. Any other preferences for you? I know I like to talk about bye weeks. I bring bye weeks up from time to time. We do have two wide receivers with week nine bye weeks. We could also have Jerry Judy with a week nine bye week. But 
with it being a managed setting, I'm never as concerned with the, the bye week situation versus when you're doing best ball drafts. Any concerns? No concerns? Bye weeks don't matter? Which can't be fun. <laughs> I mean, it, all else being equal, would love to balance them out. It is a situation, as you mentioned, that we can work through that in a managed format. First and foremost, you're trying to win your individual league. You're making sure that you make it through to the postseason. You want to have a buy and get those regular season dollars for being in the first two. So from that perspective, not losing a bunch of guys at the same time can be helpful. But yeah, the key here is that we are trying to build a team to win the $1 million. It's one of the reasons why this tournament, which has always been fun, just has even a little bit more pizzazz as we jump from 2021 to 2022, that $1 million grand prize. Cause I was going to say, I don't think that any of those guys are going to come back because one of the issues of having all of the teams on that half of the draft be so running back heavy is they need to take all wide receivers coming back through. Of course, we don't know for sure that they're going to do that. The pick pick here that I would argue for is Rashad Bateman. I think that he has immense upside as an all around wide receiver, vertical threat, intermediate threat, underneath threat in this offense where they have Mark Andrews and not much else. But when you have Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson, and then you're the other guy, and they've spoken so glowingly of Rashad Bateman, his prospect profile was absolutely fantastic. I had him as the best pick in round five of drafts in the article that just came out. And the little bit extra here is that they play the Falcons in week 16. They play the Steelers in week 17. We already have receiving threats from both of those lineups. I want those games to be shootouts. Yeah, well, uh, that's quite an interesting sell that you've done there, Sean. Uh, in terms of uh, having to sell Rashad Bateman to me, I think I had already bought a ticket to that show if uh, if he manages to get back to us. But I think we're going to have some options here. Judy is still on the board. Metcalf's on the board. You mentioned Bateman. He is still there. Darnell Mooney as well in this range. So we are three picks away. We're going to have a choice. Um, I'm going to move Bateman to the top of the queue. We can then decide if we have to go between those guys, depending on how it plays out. But yeah, you mentioned that we were going to have a run. The interesting part about the wide receivers that have been selected was Branton Cooks, Elijah Moore, who we do like, but we've kind of been playing the Garrett Wilson side of things, then Juju Smith-Schuster. So a little bit below the ADP range of what we were kind of talking about just before that. Jerry Judy does go one selection before, Sean, or two selections before. So the key here is this next pick not being Rashad Bateman, but by ADP, I think we should be okay here. Metcalf and Godwin, Michael Thomas are all ahead of him here. They are in terms of how the players are listed, but he has actually been the guy going in and the last goes. three or four days. He does. He selected that. That part I think is frustrating. I would be fairly happy, really, to take Brees Hall at this juncture and let the wide receiver position go for a round but i'm not pushing that we do have justin herbert is available here with so many good quarterbacks later it's probably not a priority metcalf mooney godwin i do like all three of those guys they do allow us to continue to build out i think i think now this you can go veto this if you want i think we should push wide receiver because i do think these other teams after us are 
following some sort of rotavis game plan here that are going to start to push it on us a little bit so that would be my reason to pass off on Brees hall here but if you want to you can veto me dk metcalf would be my selection okay so we'll go dk metcalf right there you can pull up the game split app at rotavis and see that he actually was much better last year when geno smith was the quarterback than when russell wilson was pulling the trigger that's a good reminder that splits can be very misleading because if you had the choice for who you would want to be the quarterback this season in seattle everyone would pick russell wilson it is the reason that a player who i mean we're just like 18 months removed from dk metcalf being the number one receiver in dynasty right he's still big he's still a massive touchdown threat they have appeared to make the decision to go with geno smith anytime that you have sort of that type of quarterback battle i don't think that you want to get all rah-rah and feel like it's definitely done and there wouldn't be any other changes during the course of the year but we know very definitively that drew lock can't play so i think that this is a situation where he can rely on geno smith i think he can be one of those guys who is a bottom 10 nfl qb but not like bottom three and if you stay out of that group i think the quarterback can still move the offense the seahawks don't look like they'll be awesome they play in this division in football that maybe the absolute best the competition there would be with the afc west but they're going to be chasing the cardinals chasing the 49ers chasing the super bowl champion rams throughout the year they're going to score some points now obviously they want to go through a shot they want to go through ken walker they're going to need to use their big studs at wide receiver and tight end we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So since we selected Sean, we see Patrick Mahomes go to the Travis Kelsey owner, stacks those up. We have David Montgomery going off the board, Michael Thomas, then Chris Godwin, Damian Pierce. His ascent continues. That is the 512 where he goes off the board here in the main event. Out of those guys, Chris Godwin may have been a tentative option, you know, but uh, I think the way it's played out there since our last pick is, is really good for us. Hopefully it continues to play out on the way back. The players that we did talk about previously that, you know, the discussion was about Brees Hall. Brees Hall is still there, so we may have to have that discussion if he's there in four picks time again. Darnell Mooney, who 
I mentioned who probably would have been my second option after DK Metcalf is still there. Then we kind of maybe starting to look into maybe even TJ Hawkinson, Sean, even though we have Kyle Pitts, we could really load up on tight end. We're going to have an option of one of those guys. Um, based on what we've done so far, Brees Hall does go off the board, so his slide finishes at the 6.02. So we're kind of into the, the wide receiver or tight end discussion here. But wh- what are your thoughts um, as, as we wait just a, a couple more picks here? Yeah, Darnell Mooney makes it a couple more spots that you'd have to consider him very, very strongly. The I continue to believe that Bears' offense is going to be a little better than people think. That doesn't mean it's going to be some type of you know, blitzkrieg, fast-paced, super high-scoring attack. But all of the volume plays that are out there, Darnell Mooney is easily the best one of those, both in terms of overall upside and in terms of price related to ADP. We do have some shots at various quarterbacks. Herbert still there. Hertz, Murray, Burrow, Lance, obviously still there. J.K. Dobbins is probably a consideration for round seven. He is just absolutely cratered over the last three or four days. Brandon Ayuk, the other yeah, receiver with a rece- <laughs> with an ADP in this range. And then, I mean, there's never too early to start looking at Drake London and Devontae Smith. Yeah, so we're no surprise to the listeners. We're... We're very much in line here with the guys that we're we're hoping to head on but uh yeah so far so good sean in terms of how it's playing out for us we have one pick to come off the board before our pick we are on the board now darnell mooney went one pick before which is disappointing he would have been a, a priority pick for me there but tj hawkinson is there sean who we briefly talked about which way are you leaning could be interesting here to, to go with hawkinson it could be one of the one of the tricky parts about hawkinson is just that there are other weapons in that passing game i'm not worried about his efficiency he was hurt and triple teamed last year i mean how efficient can you be in that situation the offense is going to take a big step forward but you know maybe it takes a big step forward through amon ron shark and swift and the other guys brandon Ayuk has been the breakout star of 49ers camp you now have some mild injury concerns with debo to me he feels like the guy who could be the real league winner and tournament winner at this price. Yeah, he's he's the next wide receiver for me. So you want to go D, uh, Ayuk here, yeah? Yeah, so we go Ayuk. We push Hawkinson. Drake London, Devontae Smith, both interesting. They have late round seven ADP, so they could get back to us. Colin, a lot of drafters are going to be looking at this and saying, you guys got a good start with Pitts and then the four wide receivers but why did you take a fifth wide receiver why are you looking at a sixth wide receiver why are you looking uh, at a seventh wide receiver sean yeah i mean i, I would <laughs> I haven't even drafted him it's coming <laughs> I, I would still make the case for Brees hollows having been a good pick in the previous round in the article looking at the priority targets i mentioned Le'Veon bell and having almost 100 percent of him in 2013 he was a fifth and sixth round pick He was a second round 21 year old rookie he began the season injured missed the first three games and then came out and despite poor efficiency lit the world on fire from a fantasy perspective i think that Brees hall has the potential to do something similar and is not even hurt he just is in this offense that fantasy managers are currently selling once hall is gone i mean the running backs that we have a shot at here are, are essentially the exact same level as the running backs that we're going to have a shot out in round 10, round 11, round 12. We can take a lot of those guys. And as 
the NFL has developed over the past three, four, five seasons, we are seeing even more talent in some of those committee backfields to where, you know, outside of Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor at one and two, and we may be drafting running backs in the double digit rounds who are more talented than virtually everyone else who's been drafted so far. Yeah. And to be honest, you mentioned Dobbins, then Brees Hall. They're kind of the only two guys. I have been drafting Tony Pop when he falls, but outside of those guys, I am happy to hold off until we get to those kind of true zero RB guys. I just think there's a lot of talent, particularly in the 9-10 range uh, and, and drafts this year. So we'll see. I think too, Sean, you know, you, you kind of mentioned why would we be taking, you know, now moving on to Branton Ayuk to have that fifth wide receiver at this particular point with the tight end. The thing is, is like we want to blow away these other teams in this league. We see so far through the draft, and just to reflect on some other boards, team one is on the clock, but they currently have two wide receivers, two running backs, one tight end. We'll see what they do with this next pick. We do have a team that's three wide receivers, Nate Jalen Hurts, a quarterback. So they pair that up with AJ Brown, which is interesting. Uh, we have three running backs, three wide receivers. We have a three running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, one quarterback team. We have a one wide receiver, one quarterback, one tight end, three wide receiver team. We have a three and three. We have a three and two. You know, a lot of these teams that were trying to match us at one point that it was looking interesting, I think we kind of want to push the advantage at wide receiver there and, and kind of blow them out of the water. Drake London, who you mentioned, did also go off the board. So we'll see how it plays out on the way back. He would have been a very interesting player had it lasted. My probably main target at this point, you know, we've talked about Alan, Adam Thielen. Alan Lazard isn't really a target for me. I know Curtis uh, Patrick is is, you know, talking some very positive conversations around Alan Lazard in recent weeks. But when we look down through it, I, I, I am into the Devontae Smith or Joe Burrow kind of range here to see who who else that's in an option here would be of interest to you. Kyler Murray is, uh, when we look at these guys who were on the best pick in every round article, I mean, those are the guys who I, I do think we want to target. He's the player with just immense upside you talk about someone who was scoring over 30 fantasy points per game when he was injured in 2020 came back last year was playing very well before he was injured again he goes to the very experienced and talented draft team at the five spot so that's a little bit disappointing i would have loved to have him on the roster we also lose joe Joe burrow in the pick right ahead of ours that makes it pretty easy probably to go with Devontae smith here yeah he would be the clear option dobbins is the other player that's still available that we kind of touched briefly on but for me it is Devontae smith hopkins would be another potential name there but Devontae for me is the the winner disappointing there you mentioned kyler if kyler goes and it's joe burrow versus Devontae, i think i'm waiting to see joe burrow I think may have, you know, in some drafts will probably get back to the, the mid eighth range. If it was a case that all three are there, are you going Kyler? And then if it's a case that it's Joe Burrow versus Devontae Smith, what would you have done there for the listeners? I think that as much as I've talked about how valuable Joe Burrow is, he is a player, unlike the vast majority of the rest of the quarterbacks, where in tournament formats, I like him the best when you have Jamar Chase or you have T. Higgins. He does go to the drafter right ahead of us who not surprisingly was the chase drafter i think in this format which is a managed format you can get 
streaming options. You can play the really deep players. You can play someone like Malik Willis if he breaks out at the end of the season. You have so many different ways to play this. The quarterbacks should fall. They have fallen here in some ways. At least Justin Herbert was a faller. I think that if Joe Burrow gets past the Jamar Chase draft in round seven, then you're probably hoping to push him back to your own spot in round eight. And that's actually pretty close to where his ADP is. So from that perspective, I think that going Devontae Smith would have still been the play. Kyler Murray, the guy with the upside, the guy who has the Atlanta Falcons, a team that we're obviously banking on very heavily with the Kyle Pitts selection in the first round. He has them in week 17. I think that that element, again, is kind of fun when you're talking about, well, how do you win the, the $1 million? How do you get across maybe a couple of teams that are ahead of you for that prize? He would be someone who is interesting from that perspective. There is one quarterback that, that may get back to us that could be very interesting and Trey Lance. So as things play at the moment, uh, team 12, team 11, team nine on the way back to us have no quarterback, team 10, team eight have. So I'd expect them to pass on quarterback here. Lance usually goes in that, um, he usually goes in the early ninth range, but how would you feel about about Lance with the, the rushing upside that he has in this next round? Some of the other players that we're probably looking at, um, you know, we're, we're kind of getting into that zero RB range, Rashad Penny, Devin Singletary. Those guys are probably going to be in the mix here as well. Yeah, I think you can probably push it one more round and get one of those upside rookies. One of the things that has happened in this draft is that because we were able to take so many receivers early, we don't have the youth to the extent that we sometimes have from the perspective of just straight rookies. Obviously, the players we have are young. C.D. Lamb going into year three. T. Higgins going into year three. Brent Ayuk going into year three. Devontae Smith going into year two. It's a team that has explosive upside, and yet Trey Lance, with that mid-ninth round ADP, there's only one team in between us and him going through eight and coming back to nine that doesn't have a QB. Yeah, that team does take a quarterback you would expect it to be Trey Lance, but there are some other options with the way that he played in the third preseason game. It wouldn't be a surprise to see Russell Wilson or Tom Brady go ahead of him. Yeah, no, I I agree. I was kind of thinking that if he does make it to that point, that was my next question is, do we, do we risk to see if it comes back? So I think that is probably where we'll lean. We'll see how it plays out. And then that gets us in Sean to the conversation of wide receivers that would be available would be Hopkins, who I mentioned, Kadarius Tony chris olave then we're looking at the likes of cole Komet at tight end potentially pat fairmouth but we do have the the pets pick obviously already we are into the zero rb range with penny singletary harris who i already mentioned i, I think it'll be very appetizing to probably take one of those guys here at this particular point do you do you think that's the case or do you want to hold off a little bit longer at running back yeah, I mean, we're going to get somebody good in round nine, so we don't necessarily need to push it here, but it is a situation where you can only take one player in each round, right? Sometimes it's easy to forget that. You're like, there are so many guys in round nine that that I like. I don't need to take that player in round eight. And then you get to round nine, you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I still haven't really ad- addressed that position. Our question here is between Lance and I think that Traylon Burks is probably the receiver that I would be looking at, especially in with this team where we're not going to need to rely on him in the first month, his late season upside 
is still just through the roof, probably the most of any rookie wide receiver, maybe outside of Drake London, who is the clear cut top receiver in fantasy this year from that rookie class. But we're looking at him, we're looking at Trey Lance, we're looking at Devin Singletary and Rashad Penny. Within the next two rounds, we can obviously just take two players and only two positions. So from that perspective, Colin, looking at kind of backwards and forwards, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that we're probably going to, I think we'd be better off overall if we take a running back and then try to get Trey Lance. It's probably my preferred option. I am open to the other options that you mentioned. By, now I may have my filter set to slightly longer than yours, but over the last you know couple of days, we do see Trey Lombarks usually go late second round. Now that may not happen in this draft, but I would be willing to take the risk and let him slide by as much as I do like him with what we have assembled already at, at wide receiver. So we're back up. We have the option of Penny, Singletary, and Lance. We I'm had willing, no I'm quarterbacks to... go to the three teams on that half of the draft who didn't have QB. So they're all waiting. I'm getting the vibe that you want Rashad Penny and agree with Ben's and my contention. My contention. Said it on the show. Ben didn't flagrantly disagree that Rashad Penny is maybe as good or better pick than Nick Chubb straight up right now. That's a bold prediction. It was a bold prediction episode though, Sean. Yeah, I'm willing to go. You're the zero RB guy. Don't ask me to pick the running backs. You pick the running backs here. This is how we win. <laughs> but uh, we do take Penny. Singletary is my guy, but you know we like we like all these guys. And I, I you know, I think again playing the ADP game, Cook did go off the board a couple of picks before us. Um, that's James Cook. I think there's potential that Singletary may slide back. The one thing I would be interested in, I don't think I will play this out when we get to that point. I, I'm always interested when you get to this point, if you've really hammered the wide receiver position, got your tight end, we get into this range. I do like where possible to get two of those top-end zero-RB candidates from Sean's articles. And you know we have Penny there. I mentioned the other names that are in it. Singletary is obviously their hardest is there. So I, I would be interested in that, but I do think if uh, Lance slides back with having Ayuk as well, it would be very hard to pass that up with the Russian upside, but we'll play that out, Sean, when we get there. We are waiting for the selection here. We were talking about Trey Lance. The team at number two has gone Cole Komet. Then on the way back, they've gone Sky Moore. So it feels like we may be opened up to an option of having Trey Lance here. We were talking a little bit when we took a little break there about potential options with the quarterback position, whether we wait, whether we try then later to pair him for certain playoff scenarios with a different quarterback. Traylon Borks was the other player you did mention that we did pass on. Devin Singletary goes off the board at the 903. So he Traylon Borks could be back in play here. Who before I uh before I tell you who I want, let's go through what Sean wants. <laughs> well, we've set this up exactly to take Lance still believers in his overall profile. One of the things I would note is that throughout the course of the offseason, the other QB that I have huge exposure to, and I think is actually pretty similar is Justin Fields. Now he doesn't have the weapons. He doesn't necessarily have the coaching from the perspective of the coaching staff having been there, been established the continuity, all of those types of things that we see with Lance and being in the second season under this coaching staff that has taken the 49ers to such heights but everything else very positive there. The reports in the early going on their new OC are glowing. 
and Fields got to play last year, right? So he's ahead from that perspective. The experience could be the determining factor in terms of which one of those players gets off to the fastest start. And then Lance obviously has now a little bit more pressure behind him if he really struggles early. The 49ers are going to feel a little bit of heat to go back to the player who has led them either to the promised land or to the edge of the promised land several times. Then we can just spend our entire waiver budget on Jimmy Garoppolo and we'll be okay. Um, <laughs> hopefully at that point we can be spending our waiver budget on Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter. <laughs> Marcus Mariota, the other quarterback that I think we should be looking at late in this draft as a hedge until the last week, week and a half, maybe you didn't feel like you needed a hedge for Lance in managed leagues where obviously you're going to be starting one quarterback a week. Now I think having some of those other upside plays late guys who have the hybrid upside and are still just super cheap. You probably want to put one of those players on your roster as well, but we also have a lot of deep running back candidates that we like in those rounds. So it's going to be, a difficult discussion when we get there right it's never easy you always have players at the end of drafts certainly at least in 13 14 15 16 that you like sometimes 17 through 20 can be a little bit different the 19th and 20th rounds always exciting always a little bit of a minefield you do know that you're going to be churning those players on waivers over the first month of the season and so you have that conflict between trying to get perhaps an elite kicker and not having to worry about constantly making waiver picks to get into games that are going to be a little bit more high scoring that type of thing versus waiting for the 19th and 20th rounds because there is that drop off from round 17 18. Colin take us through some of the guys who've been picked since we selected Trey Lance yeah, so we took Lance, then it's Jahan Dodson and Miles Sanders. Before that, we did see one of the guys we really do like and Rondell Moore go off the board at an interesting spot there. So, Sean, I think through nine rounds, this has probably gone as well as it can. Damian Harris was off the board, who would have been in contention in the following round here for us. So as we look, kind of if we are eight picks away at this particular point, we're going to try and see what we decide to do, but I think we're lining this thing up pretty, pretty well at the moment. The one thing to note, Sean, we're back at it again with the Seahawks. We have Penny and DK Metcalf. Maybe we'll take Kenneth Walker to really load up again. We'll be targeting Noah Fant, I am sure, at a point later in the draft uh, to get more of that Seahawks brand on our roster. But at the moment, the players that are really intriguing to me here are going to be melvin garden kenneth walker probably is in the is in the mix here with trail on work so you mentioned kenneth gainwell michael carter rashad white the dream scenario here for us is that we come away with i think two of those guys over the the next two rounds which will be a stretch what are you thinking here for the names i mentioned so trail on works michael carter melvin garden rashad white kenneth walker naheem hines yeah and again running back is deep enough that we can kind of look to the players who fall in that next range. If Burks does make it, I think it would be tough to pass on him, but there are other players like Romeo Dobbs and Garrett Wilson too. So it's not even a situation where it's just him. And this isn't a draft where we selected Elijah Moore. So Garrett Wilson becomes a pretty intriguing choice. <laughs> and as we work back through it, having a couple of these guys here in round 10, maybe we like them a little bit better than some of the running backs 
in that case, you know, Brees Hall again, the kind of back to front drafting, thinking in terms of who's going to be there in the ninth round and the 10th round, maybe that puts him on our radar for our next draft. You and I uh, still plan to do some more FFPC. Again, the FFPC has just been uh, such a fantastic contest to us, but also big picture, so much fun to play, such great customer service. But we don't know if we're going to get that pick right in the middle again. We could get the 101-102 take. Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, we might get some of those star receivers instead of Kyle Pitts and have to try to figure out things at tight end. Round 5-6, if you have a back third slot, can be tricky. A lot of the other areas of the draft, very strong. I think the only picks... uh, Again, that they weren't compromised picks, but in a dream scenario, Rashad Bateman would have made it one more spot to us instead of DK Metcalf. In a dream scenario, Darnell Mooney would have made it one more spot to us instead of Brandon Ayuk. Round 10, we're not going to have any of that regret because there are so many guys that we like here. The only regret here, you mentioned that you can't take two picks in the one round. That is the only regret we're going to have here, Sean. All those players that I mentioned, since I mentioned it, none of them have gone off the board. We've seen... Fairmouth go off the board, Russell Wilson, Oko Boonham, Matthew Stafford, Alexander Madison. Ah, Sean, spoke too early. My MVS and then Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks goes one pick before, but we do have a lot of quality options here and we're into the zero RB territory again. Or do you want to go to the the Dubes, Guard Wilson tier? Yeah, I guess I just don't feel that we have to have one of these running backs. I think somebody will come back to us in the next round it's absurd that garrett wilson is going at this price and any team that doesn't have elijah moore and you get him at this spot i just i think that we have to take him but i'm i'm fine with michael carter fine with melvin gordon rashad white immense upside in any scenario where leonard fernet goes down he could be the tournament winner maybe garrett wilson can't call him we got eight seconds can I push for Rashad White and we'll see if we get Wilson back to us? So we take Rashad White. All you have to do is mention could be the tournament winner and suddenly your partner's like, well, we got to take that guy. So we well, take there was White the there. Guy, there was the guy that I wanted. Uh, the, the situation was I, I was interested in him or Garden were my two pre- main priorities there. I do think when we look at Garrett Wilson and dudes, I know I've said this about Sean's players a couple of times here in the draft and instantly they go. Hopefully that isn't the case here. I feel like one of them may slide back to us here in the next round. So I hope that isn't the, the kiss of death for us. But yeah, I just feel like having him, it just gives us a real stability now where we can we can go and hammer the wide receivers again if we want. But I think White there is too much to pass up. Yeah, White is a tricky running back and that I do like him a little bit more on teams where you do have some production maybe the third running back after you've had an anchor even double anchor build someone who can come in and replace that early running back who gets hurt but you got the points early i don't think that white is going to play very much and so that is the big reason that i haven't been taking him in 100 percent of drafts maybe it's just being a little bit gun shy in the face of what happened with leonard fournette last year rashad white may be a much better fit for what they do than ronald jones was we talk about white and his physical profile absolutely elite immediately one of the best in football 
as a bigger back, not a big back, but not one of the small backs. He has the receiving ability to go with that absolute burst when he gets into space. And so if the team falls in love with him, if Fournette goes down, you could be talking about the player who leads the NFL in high value touches. When you're trying to win a million dollars, you need to have some of those players, maybe rookie wide receivers who are on bad teams in the case of Wilson or in the case of Dobbs may not even be a starter. Those guys, it's a little bit harder to see how they're going to win the whole tournament for you, especially when you're loaded at the receiver position. We are going to have some options at both receiver and running back who come back to us. One of the reasons I was thinking about those rookie receivers is that they do both have ADPs in the last couple of days and early around 11. And since we had such a long stretch at one point here where receivers were going, you have players like MVS going well ahead. Colin, what's your take on him? Listeners know you're a huge Green Bay Packers fan. He and Alan Lazard both struggled to really develop as volume players with Aaron Rodgers in the past. He was desperate to really get anybody to fill that number two role behind Devontae Adams. They both failed to do that. And yet both of those guys are trendy picks this year in arguably worse situations. MVS goes to the Kansas City Chiefs. He's drafted enthusiastically in almost every redraft league. And yet in Dynasty, where I have a few shares, there is absolutely zero value. Explain that to me because, I mean, if he's going to be good, there's crushing good uh, in dynasty <laughs> nobody wants him i do have him on some rosters i can tell you nobody nobody wants him um i i do think he's an interesting player the thing i've always said is like in with the packers he's kind of a secondary wide receiver behind Devonte adams and when healthy he does have a you know elite speed to get behind the defense in that particular offense the way the packers were using him i think he'll be able to do that as well with the chiefs the problem is is i don't think he can be the wide receiver one on a an nfl team so at the moment, obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster's going ahead of him. It feels like Smith-Schuster would be the, the wide receiver one, but the player that I'm targeting is Sky Moore in that offense then as the secondary wide receiver. I, I just think that MVS is somebody who maybe in best ball leagues is going to be able to be added in and have those productive weeks. I think he's going to be a bit of a headache in redraft formats. I could be wrong. He could just you know turn things around and be completely healthy and continue to put up week on week on week scores but i i don't expect that to be the case so i haven't been drafting him at all this year but sean with that final note on mvs we are going to put a pen on it there for the first part of the draft we're going to come back with a part two sean also mentioned it but he did release the priority targets list up on rotavis.com over the last couple of days there's so much content coming out on the road of his website if you are not subscribed, you are missing out big time. You can subscribe, though, if you do wish and save yourself 10% with the code RVRADIO2022 at checkout. We have been getting so much great feedback, Sean, based on the contest that you have run over the last week or so. We've been running it through, mainly on the, the Twitter side, through my account. Ben has been doing some sharing as well. We've got emails. We've got videos. We've got YouTube or you know YouTube comments. We've got... Uh, reviews coming in on podcast players and they have just been absolutely awesome sean so we have closed that contest as the time we are recording this draft but we will be getting in touch with the winners they will be also announced on the podcasts next week but to the two winners sean we were going to think about having one winner there was so many people interested that we bumped that up to two they will be drafting with sean siegel 
in that FBG draft. But Sean, the feedback we have got has been uh, absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I'll mention this when we announce the winners, but it just it, it blew us away. We thank you guys so much. The variety, the creativity. When I announced the contest, I asked for that. We got more than what we were expecting. Colin, you did a fantastic job running it. There were a variety of ways to enter. We're going to be doing some things with entries from each of those groups. We appreciate it so much. I can't wait to the season. 2022 is going to be the best ever. Yeah, we're super excited. So we'll finish out this draft. When you come back to the next podcast, make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed. Get all those episodes once they come out. It does help us out a huge amount. Until we are back, though, with the second part of this draft, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney, make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.